Hey everyone, Gil Gross here, post-match Daniil Medvedev versus Felix Auger-Aliassime, Australian Open 2022 quarterfinal. If you're not here for spoilers, click off the video in 3, 2, 1. In a match of the year candidate, hashtag Monday Match Analysis Awards, Daniil Medvedev comes back from two sets to love down and comes back against Felix Auger-Aliassime to win it 6-4 in the fifth. Epic, unbelievable level, really all five sets, just a, one of the, you know, a standing ovation kind of match, if I've ever seen one from both competitors. I'm a little bit late on this video because I did fall asleep at the end of the third set, partially because I ran out of coffee in the house. Rookie mistake by me, but I was able to watch the fourth and the fifth sets on replay and I just am blown away by what I saw. So before I get into the match, I thought that this was such a significant match for both players and I learned so much about both players from watching this match that I want to zoom out and talk big picture. Look, for Felix, before this match had even started, if you would have asked me who's been the player who's shown the most growth at least the top player who's shown the most growth at the start of 2022, I would have told you unequivocally already Felix Auger-Aliassime. And that's why I was confident that he would play his best match that he's ever played against Daniil Medvedev coming in. And he did continue to show me that he has just made incredible strides here in the last six months. But this might have been Felix's transformative loss. And if you look at most players' careers, they they mostly have that. They mostly have the transformative loss where something happened where it changed them. It either gave them the belief or it gave them the motivation to take that next step. The most recent example that I think everyone can agree on and remember is the highly memorable 2018 U.S. Open match between Dominic Thiem and Rafael Nadal. And that was the line of demarcation in Dominic Thiem's career where the next two years, two and a half years, um, borderline three, he was a different player, a player who believed in himself on all surfaces, whereas before that match... He just wasn't quite there yet. And this could easily be, and FAA is a lot younger than team was at that stage, but this could easily be the transformative loss for Felix where he now feels every time he takes the court like he is right there with anyone and he knows what he has to do. He's felt that, that elite tennis. And just in general, this looked like a match between two top five players. That's what, that's what it looked like. So... Um, Felix should, he'll be gutted for, for losing it. And there were a lot of opportunities for him to win, but he should uh, hold his chin high. On the Medvedev side of things, this was exactly the match I wanted to see from him. This was the match that, to no fault of his own really, I hadn't seen since 2019 at the US Open. Ever since 2019, and I won't bore you by going through the resume, but Medvedev, especially against top players, I'm not talking about Philip Krajinovic, here, right? Uh, a lot of straight set wins and a lot of straight set losses and no physical comebacks. Again, you could look at Marin Cilic at Wimbledon last year. That is not physical. That is bang, bang. 
Uh, the, that's that's short points. That's a grass court servathon. No physical comebacks against really good players. And I kind of wanted to see that. It's not that I doubted that he had it in him, but I wasn't positive because it had been so long. And not only was Medvedev moving unbelievable, unbelievably well in the fourth and fifth sets, showing a tremendous amount of physical endurance, stamina from a fitness perspective. The thing that I was perhaps more curious about was mentally, did he have it in him to continue to play his game, even though there was going to be a lot of suffering and a lot of exertion ahead. And he never played... What what happens sometimes with Medvedev is he'll lose patience. He'll start to... He'll start to make more errors kind of pressing and forcing the issue when he goes down in a match and he starts to lose some belief. That never really happened in this match. He never played stupid tennis out of frustration, which we have seen sometimes. Instead... He was tough as nails. He never went away. He continued to battle, and he showed his willpower in a way in this match that I hadn't seen from him in a very long time since he was Marathon Man at the 2019 U.S. Open, and he was basically a, a, a walking zombie and still managed to win every match in four and five sets. Now, as I get into this match specifically, and I break it down, I'm going to start with the macro, and then I'm going to go into the micro. The macro is perhaps more interesting and more digestible, but in a match this close, the micro is what decides it. When when we're looking at margins this small, the micro is what is going to decide the outcome. But the macro is still interesting, so I'm going to talk about it. In the first two sets, Felix's improvements were on full display. Shot tolerance transition game, and defense. Those are the big three. And there are little nuances within those categories, but I think that those are the three main categories where Felix, from a technical perspective, has improved immensely. The biggest problem, though, for Daniil was that he couldn't hit through the court. First, got to credit Felix's speed and his willingness to defend which wasn't always present in his career. But one of the major kind of nuances that I will get into here is if you drew a line on the court, on Felix's side of the court, from a positioning standpoint, it used to be laterally a pretty straight line, not a lot of diagonals. He didn't move back very often, and he didn't move up very often. He was stuck in a spot. And he didn't move forward, he didn't take time away, but he also didn't move back to defend. He was a a linear lateral player. He didn't have the north-south movement. And what I've seen from him at the start of this year is a willingness, and I think this, this could be Uncle Tony, a willingness to recognize when it's time to defend and use his court position to move back to maximize his court coverage. And his speed, combined with his willingness to move back, recognize when when it's defense time, made it very difficult for Medvedev to hit through the court. Also note the conditions. It's a night match. And it's high, high uh, humidity with 
a lot of uh, rain in the forecast and the humid conditions make things heavy. They make things slow. So again, what are the conditions when Medvedev loses? Speedy opponent, slow conditions. I mean, he lost to Christian Garin on clay. That should, you know, that that's how it is. That's the formula for Medvedev to lose matches. Very fast, good defender as the opponent in slow conditions. That does it usually because he's not able to get through the court and produce offense. I will also say, um, from an offensive standpoint, Felix was outstanding on the forehand side, hitting that shot with an unbelievable weight, unbelievable heaviness, and coming forward with extreme efficiency. His coaches told him, and Brad Stein, who uh, has done a tremendous job commentating on the world feed, spoke to Felix's coaches and confirmed that there was going to be an emphasis on finishing points at the net. Medvedev's too fast. He's too quick. If you stay at the baseline, like, I don't mean to pick on the guy, but if you stay at the baseline like, like an Andre Rublev, it's very hard to finish. And the reason I pick Rublev is because Rublev has a huge forehand. Massive. So... If Rublev can't finish Medvedev from the baseline with his big forehand, well, neither can Felix. You need to hit approach shots. You must finish at the net against Medvedev. He's too good defensively to not do that. And Felix was so good at net in set one. He was six for seven. In set two, he was eight for nine. And in set three, which I know he lost, but he played very well in set three, he was 10 for 12. So ruthless efficiency at net. Felix was also working extremely hard with his feet to find forehands, something I praised Stefano Tsitsipas um, on in the first quarterfinal yesterday. But that's a really good thing, and I, I think that's another thing that his coaches had in his head. Medvedev, with his court position, which is sometimes deep, and his speed of ball, which is sometimes pretty slow, it gives you time to run around that backhand and to find forehands. And Felix was making sure to do that on every opportunity and not accept backhands. And I thought that was really good. So in the first two sets, Felix outplayed Daniil pretty solidly. I know the first set went to a tiebreak, but I mean, Felix played that first set tiebreak brilliantly and it was not close. I think it was 7-2 if my memory serves me. So first two sets, brilliant for Felix. In the third set, I thought Medvedev solved the offensive drought a little bit by coming forward himself. And that just closed the gap a bit. I don't think Medvedev started out playing Felix in the third set by any means. Uh, but I think Medvedev mixing in some serve, serve and volleys and getting forward himself in these difficult to hit through conditions with Felix still, I think, with a full gas tank, full energy at this point in the third set which was a, a really raw explosiveness when Felix has energy and adrenaline flowing. It's it's really a, a violent kind of energy that Felix can bring to the court. So, you know, again, Medvedev struggled to hit through, and now he starts coming forward. And again, I, I look to the net approaches. In the first two sets combined, Medvedev was 7 of 13, and in the third set, he was 8 of 9. I'm not going to get into the the keys, you know, tight points in the third set and that tiebreak. I'll get into that in a second. But Medvedev wins the third set in a tiebreak. Now in the fourth and the fifth, although Felix plays well enough that if he won a couple of big points, he could have won, could have won the match. I did think that Medvedev, for the first time in the fourth and the fifth sets, 
was the better player on the court. Medvedev started hitting through his midcourt forehand better, and he found the range on his forehand down the line. So I thought he flattened out more in the midcourt, made a little bit less errors, just for some reason the confidence was there, and he started to time that forehand down the line, which was a, a game changer when it came to creating some offense in the baseline rallies. Felix's scrambling slowed down, as did his forehand speeds. I think he got a little bit tired, and... You know, the way Felix's energy dipped reminded me a little bit of a little bit of Dominic Team, who had had also experienced and has experienced some matches, even in the best of three set format, where he has just gotten a little bit tired towards the end. Certainly that's happened in the best of five set format, you know, like it did against Novak, I'd say, in Australia a couple years back in the final. And the reason why it reminded me of Dominic Team is Felix and Dominic are two supremely fit players who work unbelievably hard off the court on their physical fitness. But the amount of energy they expend, the way they move and the way they produce their strokes, particularly their forehand, it is exhausting. And it's very hard. It's very hard to produce that for five sets over the course of, you know, over four hours. I guess Nadal was has been able to or was able to throughout his prime or, you know, even obviously when he was younger as well. But it it's, it's hard. And I do think that Felix just, the forehand speeds went down a little bit and then he started to hit into smaller targets and Medvedev started to fend off those forehands defensively and neutralize and extend the rallies and the unforced errors started to come. Felix's shot tolerance dropped. And if you look at the rallies, the most common outcome was a Felix unforced error. And I just realized that I forgot to add a couple of images that I wanted to throw up on the screen. So if you can just bear with me for a second, um, I'm just going to do this on the fly, and I think it's going to be worth it for you guys to see this visually for those watching on YouTube. So first, I'm going to show you here the fourth set rallies. These are uh, points that go beyond four shots. And on the right of your screen, it's it's points that Daniil Medvedev won. And on the left of your screen, it's points that Felix won. I want you to look all the way on the right. You see a five and a six. Those are Felix Ojealiasim unforced errors. So in the fourth set, in rallies over five shots, he made 11 unforced errors in these rallies. And that was the most common outcome of an extended rally. You don't see any bigger numbers. Actually, you do, you do see six winners by Felix in five to eight shots. But you see those, those big numbers are the unforced errors. And you can see that Medvedev... Oh, sorry. No, those are Medvedev winners. I'm sorry. Um, the big numbers are Medvedev winners in 5 through 8, and then Felix unforced errors in 5 through 8 and 9 plus. And Medvedev dominates the rallies in the fourth set, which wasn't the case in the first and the second. In the fifth set, now you're looking at the fifth set rallies. What's the biggest number on the screen? OJ Aliasim unforced errors in 5 through 8. And he was a little bit better in 9+, plus, but still three unforced errors there. 
And again, Medvedev actually comes up with more winners in the five through eight category, which is which is also interesting to see. But uh, Felix in this match served and returned well enough to beat Daniil Medvedev, which is incredible. Again, Felix's serve still underrated. Felix's return really, really good. His first strike tennis was awesome in this match. The transition game to aid the first strike tennis was a huge development in this match. All that stuff was great. So it was in the fourth and the fifth set, Medvedev starting to win the rallies because he had better shot tolerance. That was the biggest thing that changed in this match. Before I get into some of the big points here, I do want to address the roof closing. There are a couple of theories here, and I don't have an answer, but I'm going to give you theories, and then you can decide for yourself. One theory for the effect of the roof closing in the beginning of the third set tiebreak, so really halfway through the match, more than halfway, a little bit. Uh, the first theory is that humidity dropped, the conditions became less heavy, and that's why Felix struggled to control the ball more, and that's why there were more unforced errors. The second theory is that conditions became more still and they became more hitter-friendly and that's why Medvedev started to hit through the court better. You'd think Felix, though, with, you know, Felix would be aided by that too. I don't know about that one. But, you know, indoor conditions, Medvedev gets more precise and finds that forehand down the line, for example, right? Third theory, conditions slowed down due to the temperature drop. When the roof closes, it's air conditioned, the temperature drops, that means conditions slow down. And that's why Felix started to overpress on his forehands and didn't finish as well off of his forehand, leading to unforced errors. Another theory, drop in, well, no, this isn't a theory. Those are my theories. Uh, I want to say, here's what, what's confusing about this. The only thing that you can be sure that changed was the third set tiebreak. Other than that, it's tough to really say. It, it, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not confident in any. I'm not confident in how the roof closing affected this match. To be completely honest with you. Now let me get to some key points. I'm going to skip the first two sets. Thought Felix was the better player, and we can leave it at that. But I'm going to start in the third set. Um, Felix had love 30 at 4-all in the third set. And this was a point where it looked like this still could be very easily a straight set win for Felix. And this was the first time the finish line jitters crept in for OJ Aliasim. Missed a couple of returns that were makeable. Made a couple of errors. At 2-1 in the third set, that is... Oh, the third set tiebreak, rather. That is when the roof closed. This was a key point in the match. Felix had already made a forehand error that I thought was pretty unnecessary to go down 2-1. But it was, you know, how is going... Uh, how... How are they going to come out of this long break where FAA has all this time to think about the position he's in? which has to be pretty spooky. Well, Medvedev serving volleys, first point, out of the break. Then he serves an ace. That puts him up 4-1. Then Felix misses an easy forehand at 4-1. So they kind of... You knew that those two minutes were going to be important, 
and Felix didn't respond well, and Medvedev responded incredibly well, especially with that bold serve and volley where I'm sure, you know, Felix hadn't felt the ball in a while. You knew that he wasn't going to hit an aggressive return at 2-1 at there, and Medvedev, I'm sure he, he decided that he was going to do that on that sit-down, and that was kind of mad scientist Medvedev again. In the fourth set, Medvedev went down match point. And what does he do? He hits his fastest serve of the match, and he hit it out wide on the ad side. That is the hardest spot to hit for a righty. That is the riskiest serve he could have possibly hit. And did he take speed off it to avoid hitting a second serve? And by the way, Medvedev was double faulting in big spots in this match the entire time. So it... it it would have almost been understandable if he was afraid to hit a second serve. No, he hit the boldest, biggest, baddest, riskiest first serve that he could have possibly hit. And it won him the point. That's Medvedev being Medvedev. I mean, that that decides matches there, obviously, because it was match point. So I'm not reinventing the wheel with that analysis. Um, at 5-all... Felix gets broken, uh, bad forehand midcourt miss at 5-all, then another going down the line on the heels of a long rally. So again, extended extended rally, Felix on forced air. And then another break point um, missing wide on, on another attacking forehand. That was on break point. So that was early in a rally, so not really the same thing. But that's three forehand misses. Wasn't happening in the first three sets, really. The the forehand was pretty much was pretty rock solid, especially in the big spots. Five all game, Felix stops playing also on a cross court backhand by Medvedev, which drops in. Felix did not uh chase after it. And then Medvedev at 40 all serving for it at Deuce, rather. Uh, he stole an, a point with the reflex volley off of a, a passing shot that was sitting up there for Felix. So easy passing shot, you'd think. And Medvedev, like a cat, just almost poached like a doubles player and picked off the passing shot and, and hit a volley that, that won him the point. And it really should have been a break point there. But Medvedev instead got set point and served it out. We move on to the fifth set. At love one, Felix had double break point, got a second serve at 30-40, ran around to hit a forehand, and cooked it just long. That's the kind of thing, if he made it, he would have looked like a genius, but he missed it, so you question the decision-making. Now, should he have ran around and tried to hit it as hard? Uh, I, I thought it was a fine decision, just missed it, just long. You know, I, I, can't, I can't really say that there was uh, anything awful about that. Uh, or wrong about that, but it didn't work. Medvedev saved another break point in that game with a ace on at out. Then at one all, two double faults in that game for Felix. One error on a forehand cross court trade. That was an extended rally. That's the point. That's in that subset of points that I'm highlighting. Extend the rally. Felix unforced error, um, and then also a, a miss at net. Just trying to cut it too fine. A classic Medvedev speed miss where Felix tried to make the drop volley too good because Medvedev is is so good at at coming in and, and chasing down those drop volleys. So that's one all. That's the break. 
And then at 4-3, Medvedev saves another break point with the service winner. Another massive clutch serve. At Deuce, you have another long rally and an FAA backhand on forced error. Same category. Extend the rally on forced error, Felix. Movement was amazing by Daniil Medvedev, though, at this point. And then lastly, at 5-4 with Medvedev serving it out. So now that's two straight service games where Felix is right in it, trying to get that break back. And 15-40, now double break point for Felix after Medvedev uh, makes a couple of mistakes in this game. At 15-40, Medvedev hits some great back-to-back forehands down the line. Another another real kind of give it up for Medvedev on, on that point. At 30-40, backhand cross-court by Felix, unforced error. He was just trying to trade it, not even trying to be aggressive. Another tough miss there. Medvedev, deuce, nice serve plus forehand inside in approach, finishes with the overhead. Match point. Felix, backhand, unforced error going down the line. He had a lot of court there, but he decelerated on that, and he hit it long. So, a couple of points here and there. Felix was in a lot of those Medvedev service games, just couldn't close it out. I think I've covered kind of everything that I've wanted to say in this match. Spectacular. You got to hand it to Felix. He's shown unbelievable growth at the start of 2022. And it is a signature performance in the career of Daniil Medvedev. So it'll be Medvedev Tsitsipas and Nadal Berrettini in the semifinals at this Australian Open. I will have the preview of that coming your way a little bit later on today. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.